5-4-3-2-1 You are listening to the Mango Tea Podcast with Jody and DK We are a non-partisan Jamaican and Caribbean podcast for the diaspora We give you tea with a slice of mango mm. And information on current events, politics and politics Finance, sports and culture We created this podcast for the diaspora to know what's happening in the Caribbean beyond the gossip it's a brand new episode of the Mango Tea Podcast with Jody and DK. Hi, everyone. People, if you are in New York City right now, you know we had a whole mess of a snowstorm. It is not fun, but it just reminds, it, it makes me even want to go back to Jamaica even more. It makes me even love being from the Caribbean because right now, all I'm thinking about is beach, fry fish, festival, <laughs> and one little bottle of Heineken. 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 I thought you'd be like a red stripe person. No, a Heineken. I feel like a nice, but I wouldn't drink up the entire bottle. I feel like just a sip. Just, just, just a sip. You go and buy a bottle of yeah, beer. Just you go have a sip. I just Yo, want, you're rich. No, I just want it. It's Heineken. I'm sure it's like $250 for that in Jamaica right now, which is maybe $2 US for those who are here. Yo, you got money. <laughs> we got money. <laughs> you got money. Yes. I'm living where the money resides in 2021. Ooh, okay, go ahead. Wait, Ooh. wait. You you promised that you were going to take me to dinner last year because you, you did some. You, you crossed me and you didn't. And I let you, it slide. You're, you're going to put me but on blast. On, I'm putting you on blast. I'm putting you on blast. On blast on a brand new And my birthday is this weekend too. So I accept Uber Eats. Actually, no. You your can. Birthday, um, this weekend, your birthday is this week coming. It's this weekend. I, I consider Sunday the start of the, the week. Oh, okay. Got it. So, like, this this the coming week. week. Yes. So, you know what that means? We're celebrating Sunday all week. <laughs> no, we're not. You know what I'm doing? People keep asking me, like, Jody, what are you doing? What are you doing? I can't leave the, I can't leave the country because oh, yeah. pandemic. I can't. I really... I really want to do like a little dinner party with my friends, my close friends. I no, I can't do it. I don't I don't have the space for that unfortunately. And I would love to go to yeah, I honestly just want to get on a plane. So I have no idea what I'm doing. Someone asked me and I was like, "You know what? I'm probably going to turn off the lights in my room, order pizza and drink wine." That sounds oddly depressing to be honest, but I guess it's it's the lights really? off. It's the lights off for me. I'm <laughs> turning the lights off. Like you got me. If you had said the glass of wine and turning up in your room, that would have been like, okay, all right, we understand it. But you said the lights off. Like last year, like last year for my birthday, I was out of the country. It was amazing. Like luckily, I had left right before the pandemic like blew up. And it, it was fire. I was on the beach. I was drink. I was drinking mango beer. Oh, uh, I remember that photo? Yeah, I was half naked. I was literally half naked. It was <laughs> it was amazing. It was amazing. I was I was in another country, so I was like exploring the culture, all this stuff. And then like a bunch of stuff happened mm. with me. And in addition to also starting this wonderful podcast that I love so much, thank you guys for listening. And now I'm like, I'm like, I like, I like, no, I, it doesn't even feel like a birthday. It just feels like, okay, it's another day. Dear friends. What happens when we're getting old? I don't think it's getting old. If, if it wasn't a pandemic, no, if I, if it wasn't a pandemic, I'd probably be in another country. 
start a show. I know you well. Probably. You definitely could not yeah. be there now, especially considering we're having a whole snowstorm. Yeah. I mean, I don't mind. I like staying inside. Relative. Uh, that's the person. Jody, everybody could definitely know who works from home and who has to go outside. <laughs> yeah. Jody yeah. works from home. I do I work from home. Consider I'm blessed. an essential worker. And you're doing God's work. <laughs> you're doing How you're do doing that? God's work. How I'm helping I'm helping to push the economy and you are pushing the economy. I'm um, pushing the economy. Mm, all right. <laughs> okay, guys. We're gonna be quick with this one. No, Listen. No. We're no, we're yeah. never we're never quick, but we're gonna try. We're, we're, I mean, this is a heavy we, this is a happy episode. Last week was a heavy episode. Mm. We're not we're not I don't know, guys. It's it's hard. It's hard. Uh, I guess with the cold, it's like pandemic, you're inside. And then people keep doing stupid things and you're like, How why are you outside? It's a pandemic. But anyway, let's let's do something fun. But here's the thing. I think people let's go back to that for a second. I think the problem with the world we're living right now is that there are people who are safe. But there are people who are saying, you know what, at the end of the day, I want to live my life. I don't want to let life pass me by. And while it, it's for some, it brings harm, it brings disaster. And I agree, you should not be outside. But some people are just frustrated. They're inside every day, day and night, especially people that are working from home. And you're like, God damn, when is this going to be over? And they're like, let me just, you know what, I'm going to just, just F it. I'm going outside. I'm going to do my shit and move on with life. Um, it might be detrimental to them, but... I unfortunately that's it's it's not it's detrimental to them it's detrimental to everybody because what one person may do can affect the the circle like we were, remember we were talking last night and i was like i think the spike that we had recently mm-hmm. we we're like like california was under a state of emergency yeah. the midwestern states are under a state of emergency i think that was like a like a cocktail of of ish because the election mm-hmm. and at, at those Trump rallies, people were not social distancing. Yeah. Um, Thanksgiving, the holidays, New Year's. I feel like all of, all of that, people are frustrated. Uh, well, at least the rates are going down. Mm. All right, this is depressing. Can we talk about, okay, Talawai Ne Marakant. Talawai Ne Marakant. This week, we're not even going to try this again. No, you need. We need to try. We're not trying to get. I never get it right. Anyway, this week, Talawa in Marakon Marakont goes to Congresswoman Yvette D. Clark. Um, to this week, she announced her appointment to the chair of Homeland Cybersecurity, Infrastructure Protection, and Innovation Subcommittee. So we all here doing big strides, right? Yes. Listen, um, to my aunties and cousins and my uncles at home, we have one of us on a homeland security committee committee they are the ones i think they're the department in charge of um immigration so you know we kind of worried about that though why (laughs) (laughs) i I, I will plead the fifth but i'm worried about that but if y'all can see my face listen people about the homeland security Mm. let's speak everybody in (laughs) <laughs> well, I don't think she's like her mother. Her mother's from Jamaica. Her mother was the first. Um, it's, in, it's in her person. Blood. It's in her blood. Her <laughs> mother was the first person of Caribbean descent to be elected to Congress. 
But here's my theory, and you know my theories are wild, right? Mm. It's not even a theory. I'm, I'm really like just talking about shit. on Mars kind of thing, right? No. <laughs> is that she's the head, she's the chair of Homeland Cybersecurity Infrastructure Protection and Innovation Subcommittee. Jamaicans are notorious for being top scammers. That's why, you see, you're saying what I was going to say, but you're just really saying it really nice. I refuse to say anything. I, I mean, I, I personally, I feel like she's kind of disconnected. And I think oh, she's been in, she's been elected in, she's been in that seat forever. Maybe if I, no, between her and her mother, I think they've been in the seat for over 20 years, hmm. which I think is way too long. Um, but uh, I don't know, man, this may, I don't want to say this is an opportunity for people of the Caribbean for the scammers, but Ooh. I want to say is congratulations to Beck Clark. You have put in the time and the, um, the, "Quote unquote work to 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 elevate yourself to the position. Congratulations! I mean, we listen. Representation matters. No, it does. No matter. As much as we're being messy, definitely, it is definitely worth applauding. Are we being messy? Yeah, we are. I'm being very messy. This is the Mango Tea Podcast in 2021. We're getting messier. Um. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, today it's February 7th, and it is Grenada's. National Independence Day. One of the most, actually, one of the most interesting Caribbean countries. I'm still trying to get wrap my mind around the history. Okay, so Grenada gained independence from the slave masters uh, of the Imperial Crown on February 7th, 1974. One of the best months, in my opinion. Uh, they are located in the Eastern Caribbean. Actually, a lot of very impactful people were born in February. Bless them. Uh, and they bring with with them the tradition of jab-jab. Mm. That's where you you rub the paint, the oil and paint, mostly the oil, on your body. You And they do it as a part of their carnival celebration every year. They call it jab-jab. Uh, it's, it's a celebration of freedom. I mean, you know what? Growing up, when I used to see it on TV, my relatives used to be like, "Ooh, you see that? That had devil something, devil." devil. Yeah, and it, it's it was to their ignorance because they didn't understand the significance of job job and what it meant. And it is not the devil's work. People of Mango Tea Podcast, job job is not devil work. Please get that notion out of your head. Thank you. You know, you're not. You know, that's not going to change your opinions, right? This well, hopefully it gets their mind. It's years of hopefully, life. hopefully that gets it gets their mind moving. So, well, back to Grenada, Grenada, happy Independence Day, and they also brought to us one of the most revolutionary leaders of modern times, uh, Morris Bishop. He was the leader of the New Jewel movement, and this movement they wanted to prioritize socioeconomic development, education, and Black liberation in the country. If you see me right now, I have my black fist up, but unfortunately, the the leaders of bad mind and jealousy will never like to see black people progress. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, he was assassinated by his deputy minister. Mm -hmm. um, and this, uh, and then it then it just got messy. Like, I feel like the like um, there there's literally like so. 
like for this small island, there are mm-hmm. so many people that do, did not want to see Grenada rise and shine because there was a, did I ever tell you the story about there was an attempted, was it a coup? No. Someone tried, was it? No, wait. Someone wanted to um, take over Grenada, a white supremacist, a Bayesian arms dealer, and a neo, neo-Nazi from Canada. They wanted to take over Grenada, then they ditched their plans, and they went to take over to annex um, to do a coup in Dominica. This is going to be a, an entire episode on its own. This is super interesting. But the origins of that story starts at Grenada. Um, and then Grenada was eventually embroiled in, um, it was invaded by the United States at one point led by the former president, Ronald Reagan. And I am not going to say anything um, messy. <sighs> It, Grenada, Grenada has a real, real complicated um, and interesting history. And for anyone that's like, oh, that's one of them small island that, nope, nope. They have a lot, a lot going on. But anyway, we celebrate the freedoms. We celebrate the, the spirit. Um, and we celebrate the beauty that is Grenada. Also, I heard they have one of the, they, they have some of the best mangoes in the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. And you know, they sell Grenada mangoes in Brooklyn too. Let's take a trip to Grenada. Let's take a trip. Grenada. Let's take a trip. Ow. Let me let me put my leg up. Let me put my leg up. It's not one of those songs. Of those songs. Yeah, you know, you remember we went to um Notting Hill Carnival. We were next to the Grenada and Ban, the one that was in the yellow shirt, and they we were. We were low key in their band the entire yeah, time. We were, about, we were bouncing from band to band. Yeah, we paint the oil. Mm. Mm. Fun, mm. fun. Oof. All right. Well, happy Independence Day, Grenada. Happy we will see you for Job Job twenty twenty three that Dakari and I will be coming to. Yeah, I just decided. Twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty you're you're going to go to large the world is going to be open by 2022 the world will be open but i will be going in 2023 give it a year <laughs> how do you want 35 by then wait 32 33 34 i mean even if you were 35 it doesn't, age doesn't matter listen i will be 60 years old going to Trinidad carnival with my grandkids wait yeah, no, with my kids. I'm definitely not doing that. Sorry. Oh, I um, am. Send me all the photos, however it is at that time. Transport me all the photos or import. I them. no, I would, I would be there. Like yes, yes, get on Panda I can, I can honestly see you party at sixty five now. To be honest, I can see you party yeah. at sixty five. Yeah, I have an aunt. She's sixty eight, and I, I went to visit her once, and she was in. I forgot what she was in some a very very skimpy outfit and I was like where are you going and she's like what I'm going out I'm going to Pier One and sis sis looked Pier ready one. Pier One in Montego Bay yes sis looked ready and her I mean, okay. um, my body looks like Mars Chestnut right now or Mars Chestnut now at sixty five I'll be at Carnival at sixty five bump it I'm still going hey <laughs> bump okay all right guys. Ooh. The topic at hand, it's kind of heavy. Dakari, I'm probably going to need you to, to 
because gather you together. Yeah, gather this to leave this story because. Mm-hmm. <sighs> All right, guys. I don't know if so. You've been seeing on our social media that we've been posting Black history. People are from um, Caribbean people during Black Scarvey. History Month. Marcus Garvey. You have your. Um, we, did uh, Marley, we did Bob Marley yesterday. What else did we do? We did Claudia Brown. Did I mess up? Claudia name? Jones. Claudia Jones. We, we did, did Marie Jean. Dennis Brown. Oh Lord, I can't. My 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 Creole is a mess. Yeah, it is. We did Dennis Brown, and we were going to do Eric Howell uh two days ago but instead there is a black photo and the name is andrea barrett so why did we post this if you didn't read the caption and you just saw the name let me try and tell you some of the facts so trinidad historically they have a high rate of femicide high high rate and that's um murders of women and children murders of women uh-huh. in according to the young feminist collective 500 women and girls were brutally murdered in trinidad and tobago over the last six years 500 that's around 83 women and children a year 83 families approximately so earlier this year on january 29th a young woman a 23 year old um Magistrate's court clerk, university graduate, Andrea went missing. So this is what happened. So she, after work on a Friday, you know, Friday, you're tired, you're exhausted, you're just, oof. she got into a private taxi with one of her coworkers to go home and her coworker was dropped off. And that was the last time anyone saw Andrea. She was, there was a public campaign to find her. And on February 4th, she was found dead in a forest in Trinidad. So what happened was she went into a, the private taxi. Uh, the private taxi had fake plates. Um, it wasn't registered or anything. And the her father called her cell phone right because someone's if someone says they're going to come home and they're not home for a while you're going to call them so they call the phone a man answered and the man said that she isn't available and hung up then he called back and the same man answered and said he wants money Um, if he doesn't get money he will cut her ears off so they're calling 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 the police got involved what allegedly happened what happened also happened too while they were calling, calling the phone, her cell phone, Andrea's phone, was sold to a woman for seven hundred Trinidad Tobago dollars. So that's around one hundred and three U.S. dollars, seventy-six um, British pounds, eighty-six euros, around two hundred and seventy-nine um, XCD, or around like fifteen thousand, uh, fifteen thousand Jamaican dollars. You get the picture. So she went missing. And then this, a man was, her cell phone was sold. So they're still looking for the body. And her body was found by a scrap iron dealer driving around the area where her body was spotted. 
So it was it, it launched a huge outcry, all of this stuff. And there were they seven suspects were arrested. Um currently, as of today, February seventh, um, seven suspects were arrested, two were released, one died while in police custody, and another is hospitalized. So one of the suspects who they highly suggest is the one that did the did the killing. He has over 70 offenses. Not 17, not seven, seven zero, seventy. His rap sheet is mad long. He had his first offense in 2004. He some of the offenses that was on his rap sheet included rape, kidnapping, false imprisonment, etc. Um, and over the course, I guess between 20, 2014, 2004 and now, um, around 35 of those charges were dismissed um, due to police inaction, competence, whatever, failure to appear in court. We'll talk more about that later. In 2017, he was in jail um, and he was in jail for three years because he was standing trial for rape and kidnapping in Tobago. Mm -hmm. He was released in October 2020 um, because he met bail. So, oh gosh. So this man, he, he, 70 charges, so he's been in and out of prison. Allegedly, this isn't public knowledge. Well, this isn't being released or confirmed by the police. Allegedly, he's been, um, he's been in and out of prison. And he was frequently attacked in prison by other inmates. And the reason is, well, one of the theories, well, the T is he was attacked because they said he only attacks women. And he he works, he's a bus driver, you know, like a illegal bus driver. And he usually has sexual relations with underage girls. And most of the times it's non-consensual. And you're wondering like, how can this man be, how can this man be so lucky? Well, not even lucky. How can he get away with all this stuff? While they're saying his relatives have always worked in law enforcement or the courts, and they've always found a way to um, get, get uh, Jesus, give him freedom. Um, there are some other sayings that um, he is not, oh God, they're, they, they, he's a serial rapist, and they're like, Someone, someone had said um, that he just likes to rape young girls, which is disturbing. So there have been a lot of criticism coming out of this case because this is this. I think this is case number two or three of the year where a young woman has gone missing, was kidnapped, murdered, and raped. Um, earlier, um, a young woman by the name of Ashanti Riley, she was 18 years old. She was kidnapped and murdered, and her body was found in the bushes two years late, two weeks later after she was initially um, went missing. And there are a host of other women that have suffered similar fate, some of them being Ho, um, Hope Arismez, uh, Shannon Banfield, Rachel Logan, Reshma Kenshan, Nisha Joseph, Cindy Joseph, Nira Ramdath, Emily um, A, I'm not going to butcher her name, Anya McLeod, Rena Gordon, Marcia Henville, Pixie Lacan. So 
if you're wondering what the police have said, and this is, people know how I feel about police. I'm not forgetting. Police, so the commissioner of police came out and said, in Trinidad, they have over uh, around 1,800 CCTV cameras, but less than 1,000 are operational. And the cameras that are operational, they don't do license plate or facial recognition. And he said this case highlights that there's flaws in the criminal justice system. There are, there is no database for private taxi holders. If you're a private, if you're a private hire taxi, you have a special plate, they call it a PH plate. And this is your license number. There's no database with the information of these, um, for these private taxi drivers. Then the national minister, national security minister came out and said, um, women need to be more careful, even though Andrea was coming from work, she worked in a court, so she, she has a certain dress code. Caribbean courts are pretty, courts are pretty conservative. So you, you're, you to dress a certain way. She wasn't, nothing was revealing. She wasn't doing anything to bring attention to herself. She was just going about her business. So in light of this, he said, well, they're working on removing the non-functioning cameras, which costs Trinidadian taxpayers $200 million a year. Um, excuse me, $200 million. And they are evaluating legislation to legalize pepper spray. So this... Uh, this case really ran me when I when I first heard about it. I had seen some stuff about it, but I didn't pay attention because again, there's a lot happening. But there this is wild. This is wild. And it, it's you know what, I think we're we're gonna talk like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. This this happens all the time and it's it's time. Twenty twenty one in a pandemic. Even if I it's not a pandemic, I think the problem though is for years there has been no sense of protection when it comes down to women in the Caribbean. I feel like there's nothing. Women have always been a target, and I feel like the system has not been set up to protect women at all. So you remember stories of women in the Caribbean that were physically or verbally and sexually abused by their husbands those cases would be reported to the cops and it would be like, oh, that's a domestic issue. I feel like when women come forward and say, hey, I was touched, it's like, oh, but it is your fault. When um, we have women working certain jobs where, okay, they might have to work at night, it's, oh, maybe you should choose a different job because women shouldn't be outside at night. And I feel like mm -hmm. there's just always... The, and you notice what the prime minister, I mean, I know the prime minister said that women need, need to be more careful. It's almost like, again, you're telling me it is the woman's fault why she was leaving work. And it's almost like, oh, she went in the wrong cab or maybe she did something that caused this to happen. It's almost like, why are we always giving the blame to the woman? Like she's not doing anything. The system is so messed up because it's like at the end of the day, we have all these women who for years have not been protected and i feel like we, we make all kind of excuses as to oh but and oh this is the reason why it's like okay what, what happened what happened to holding men accountable why is it that someone like him 
can have 70 cases or how many cases 70 under his belt and he is out here why is it that men um like him have not been put in prison or have not been locked away who why is it that you're given the opportunity for a bail and why is it you're given the opportunity to get away why is it that you have people you have family members who are working in the system who can get who can allow you to get away with something like this like this should have not gotten to this part where he him having after after having raped so many young women was out here running a taxi i mean i get it yeah i mean it was it was illegal well yeah he was still out here like there is no registry of him being a sex offender there is no registry to say okay this man should not have been out here um owning a car or having a license or living in a certain community or dealing with women or dealing with children there's no system in place for that you know what there there was also something in there that he it was like i was i was trying to follow there's a lot of very a lot of theories out there a lot of um information the one of the theories and the the police have said this isn't true but others are saying it's the real tea they were saying that um this it wasn't a random act if she was actually targeted by a criminal organization because as a clerk you know you go through evidence you do all this clerical stuff shout yeah, out to the um she was going through evidence and she noticed that some evidence submitted for a suspect in a in a serial crime had already been used in another um uh, another case so and she had brought it up to her superiors but even then that yeah they always just it's just like the killing that happened last week sunday in jamaica it's like oh but she was involved it was the issue with her family and there was a money problem and then no we don't play it like okay because it is an issue like that words it's it's situational like oh it's like i'm just then we i'm almost just tired like, though. it's like no there's no way to just i'm just i'm just tired it's like as women as caribbean women it's we are told to it's it's almost like a like a doubler story we're told to we can love up ourselves carnival is women women are the backbone of the caribbean blah 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 but then you don't treat us the way that with respect not even the way that we should be treated but just with respect if i am walking down if i'm walking down the, the street naked you should not be putting your hands on me you should not be saying anything to me what i do with my body is my body and then you're telling this girl that women need to be more careful you tell us that we shouldn't go outside if it's dark we shouldn't go to certain places because it's dangerous we or we're we're putting ourselves in the in in the um in danger we're doing all these things it's like we're we're begging to be raped but then things like this happen how is it that uh you have 1800 cam cctv cameras that were paid by government that were paid by taxpayer dollars and it's not working it's ridiculous like ah, like absolutely ridiculous like you know you know how i am when it comes to government and wasting wasting of money i hate wasting of money i don't waste i try not to waste money when with my personal budget why are you wasting money with the hard-earned money that i give you why why were these <laughs> these cameras not operational and it's laughable laughable that the national security minister was like oh we're trying to legalize um pepper spray yeah, like it's almost like okay, so that is your that is the solution for this. Let's give every woman 
a bottle of pepper spray. A bottle of pepper spray. Say she has somebody with a gun, she can just pepper spray pepper spray them. No, that's not the result. But mm-hmm. it, it goes back to the breaking the this the messiness, never messiness, the breakdown of the Caribbean, um, the the criminal just well the, the crime system or the criminal system in the Caribbean. There is nothing in place to deter crime to to have those who commit crimes be penalized, there is no system in place. There's no solid system in place to deal with these issues. So you're always going to find broken cameras. You're always going to find a lack of evidence. You're always going to find people getting away because the system is not set up in place to penalize somebody who commits such crime. The system is not in place to allow people that have committed Mm -hmm. crime to to not have certain jobs or not be in certain Uh fields. For people and, that, that, that that prey on women or children, why there's no system in place even in Jamaica for you not to. It's not like here where you say, okay, if you've you've touched a girl, you touched a child, like you you're registered as a sex offender, you cannot go, um, you cannot be anywhere among children, you cannot work in a school. There's no system in place like that in the Caribbean. So it's almost like it's every woman and every man for themselves. Mm-hmm. It's like let's let them figure it out. And you know what, too? Blame is always under the victim, sadly. Mm -hmm. Always. Always. Like, I remember someone told me um, I shouldn't dress. Like, growing up, people would tell me I shouldn't dress a certain way. Like, I shouldn't show certain parts of my body. Like, someone was like, it was my stepmother. She was like, oh, I was wearing a skirt. And the skirt was a little bit, like, a couple inches above my knees. And she was like, I think I was 16. She was like, "You why why are you wearing that? You look like a slut." Well, she didn't say I look like a slut, but she, you know, in like, why are you wearing that? You're being, you're sending the wrong message. I'm like, Mahida, it's not even, like, I'm not showing my poems. You can't see my upper thighs. Nothing. You can just see a little bit above my knees. Why? Why is this an issue? You ex- listen. People can still be wearing skirts, drawing on the floor. Like with my old Almater, where we used to wear <laughs> the, the skirt, used to actually no, the skirt dusts the floor, and pe- women can still get raped. So, so what? So what then? And then the problem with that though is that as growing up as a man, we are never told. Um, obviously, you're not told how to dress, but you're not told when you see a girl. I mean, clearly, my parents were telling me that. How you doing? Um, <laughs> but we're not told. <laughs> Young men are not, there's not this conversation like, okay, if you see a girl just a certain way, you should whistle at her. You shouldn't whistle at her. Or you're not told don't touch a girl whose boobs are out. Or you're not told to to comment on it. Like, I feel like growing up, girls face so much pressure with what you are told to do and what not to do. Guys are never told what to do and what not to do. And growing up as a guy, you're only told just you ball too much because mm-hmm. guys don't cry. And they're also told if you fall, just get up and brush it off. You'll be all right. You're a man. But you're never told how to express yourself, whether in regards to your clothing. And then the problem, though, is that I feel like the generation of young men are coming up. We're going to now have to start teaching them how to respect women differently. Because mm-hmm. clearly, the generation of men... Um, that are still alive don't know how to respect the woman. They still view women as property. They still view women as sexual objects. They still view women as something that can be owned and can be and should be taken care of or should be controlled. They still view women as just a sexual being. 
that's a problem. So we're like, yeah, it's, it's bad, but we, we, we still view women as that. Mm. So that's why a woman I, can now go in a cab and now he feels like he has all rights and authority. And I don't know what transpired in the taxi, but he felt like he has all right and authority to tell her, hey, you look nice. And she must respond pleasantly, like, oh, it's a compliment. And if she says, if she doesn't respond, it's like, oh, but may I talk to you? Or, oh, why are you being rude? Oh, yeah, why can't I touch you? Why can't I? Why is it I can't have sex with you? And you know what, too? I, about taxis in the Caribbean, mm. I, they, uh, okay, from my experience, they have, ex- most of the taxi men that I've encountered, well, some, not most, some, some Caribbean, okay, so I grew up in Jamaica and I used to take, I wasn't supposed to take the taxi to school. Sometimes I took the taxi to school because the bus was running late. Sorry, mom. But <laughs> a lot of those taxi men, they were predators. Predators. I remember there was one. He was he was definitely fucking, excuse me. He was definitely having sexual relations with a classmate of mine. She was like two grades ahead of me. And I I was stopped once by a taxi driver. Like stop like stopped. I was 12 say 12 i was 12 13 years old and i was being stopped by a taxi driver man was like he's probably like 40 he he was probably like 40 years old at minimum 40 40 and he was stalking me like i would leave my house at a certain time and uh like you know me i was young very very naive not even yeah i was naive of course very very shy like all that to a limit and I think I rode in his taxi twice and he, he followed me like any, like I would be up, I'd be walking down the street and at the corner, all of a sudden I would, he would, his, he would turn his lights off and he'd be right there for like a good month straight. So I had to like find a different route to get to school to do what I, to, to get to what I was supposed to be, what I'm doing. Then if I was walking in, cause I used to go, I used to take the taxi or the bus from where I was to downtown Kingston, which is like the kind of like an impromptu like hub. And I used to take it to go to halfway tree um, for school. And if Sam was walking home from school or whatever, all, like I would turn around and that, that man would be right there. So I had to find, I had to like go another route. And I, and I never told my mother this because I felt like a shame. Like I felt like I was doing something wrong. Mm. But meanwhile, this whole 40-year-old man was stalking me. Like, like, and these types of behaviors, because someone had said that he, un- unfortunately, I, I, I mean, it's a general statement and not everyone's like this, but a lot of, Taxi drivers in the Caribbean are have predatory type behaviors. So I think the problem for those people who don't, um, who haven't grown up in the Caribbean, sadly, this behavior has been so normalized that it is until I became an adult when I realized that I realized that these things were predatory behaviors. Obviously, I was not taught when I was younger. I mean, I've never got involved in any of these situations. But sadly, when I I remember in high school. Um, I didn't take taxes. My parents had to, always, they always picked me up. But I always remembered hearing stories of girls dating guys who were taxi drivers or guys that drove the bus. And in my head at that time, it was not, un- it's unfortunate, but it was not one of those situations where this is lo- was frowned upon. 
it was like, oh, she have a taxi man. Okay. Yeah, everybody's like, oh, she had a big shot because maybe she'll get free lunch. She's getting her ride home. It, it is sad, but it was never a situation where it seems like it's a predatory situation or she's mm-hmm. being raped or she's being coerced against her own will. It was almost like, yes, she wanted to be in this situation. It's like not until you get older you realize, no, yeah. her. she's a child. And this is why sometimes I don't like the idea of even having, you know, if I have a child, if you're under 18, whether you're a boy or a girl, I don't like the idea of you exploring sex and all those things. But I feel like at the end of the day, that's just not your place at that point. But I feel like certain behaviors were normalized for girls and maybe even boys, because we wouldn't know about the boys, but that happened. But certain behaviors were normalized to the point where even as a child, if you saw something like that happening, you were not like, oh my God, let me call my teacher and tell my teacher that Mary is going in Johnny's car and Johnny is more likely having relations with her when Johnny is 35 and she's only 15. Such behavior is like, oh, that's normal. And it's sad when you grow up and you realize that while in the U.S. now, obviously that is a big no-no. I mean, things like that do happen. But it's like, if it, if it is happening in front of your face, you're more willing to call it out or tell somebody. In Jamaica right now, or I'm sure across the Caribbean, that is a normal behavior. Mm-hmm. It's like girls are still having relations with older men. Not even, not even having relations. Let me correct that statement. Men, older men are still preying on younger women and they're still getting away with it. And it's like, why is it that a guy who's driving a, a, a cab can ho- basically holler or whistle at a girl in public that is wearing a school uniform and it is clear she's underage and nobody says anything or nobody's reporting it? Like, how is it that somebody can be hollering at you on the street at half a tree and nobody's like, you don't know that she on, she's wearing a school uniform? Because clearly, the thing with Jamaica, it's not like here where you can say, okay, you see girls and maybe they're in a certain outfit and you're not sure because maybe she looks mature. You're like, you're not sure if she's underage or not. In Jamaica, it is clear as daylight who is going, who's mm-hmm. a school student. It's br- they are always wearing uniform. It's not even, you don't have to guess. They're always under 18 because in Jamaica, you leave high, you leave high school at what? 18. You leave high school at 16, 17. 16. So throughout your, if you are always, if you're in uniform, unless it's Halloween and they don't celebrate Halloween, if you're in uniform, you're clearly underage. But it's, the system is not there to protect it. The system, the you know, society we live in normalize these behaviors. So that's why they don't, men are not penalized. You know what? I'm just tired. I am tired of all of it. I'm tired of um, these men with predatory behaviors targeting young children. I am tired of men of people thinking that they can just do what they want with other people's bodies like this is really like this is this is seriously really upsetting and i i like i can't react to it anymore because it's it happens so much i'm just you know you're just like numb like if there's a police shooting in the u.s you're just like like numb to it like that's how i that's how i feel like i'm upset but i i I, I, it I is never know. going to change until there's a system in place to penalize these people and to make them aware. How do we? How do we? How, so how do we do that? Let's let's talk about the solution now, right? Yeah. Let's talk about the mango tea let's, solution. Let's talk about the solution. So we it's not it. final because me and Dakari always have arguments about disagreements. I personally, I think that there needs to be reform within police departments and education. Exactly. Definitely, exactly. I. I even though I'm one for personal liberties, I do agree with having CCTVs up. Um, 
throughout certain areas. Another thing too is education, uh, broad societal education of the public, education in schools, which I think they probably already have this, but just a little, a little bit more. And like I don't, I don't know. I am tired. I am frustrated. This is annoying. I want to leave the house. Like I want to leave the house and feel fine. Like I remember when I was going to Trinidad the first time. Everyone was like, actually, a lot of my, a lot of Trinis actually. Trini women were like, please be careful. It's dangerous. Kidnappings are rampant. They rape women, blah, 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 blah. And actually, yeah, it, it, it's a lot. It's a lot. Okay, it's so my two lot. solutions. I feel like one, let's start having the conversations with young men. And I feel like that is a very important conversation. Having conversation with young men about women and their rights, their bodies, and letting men know, letting young men know from a younger age that a woman is not a property, she's not a sexual being, she's not a sexual object, she's not yours, you do not own her, you're not purchasing her, um, she's not a prey, she's a human being with equal rights just as you. I feel like that conversation needs to be had at a younger age where young men don't get up and always feel like a woman is a target. I feel like, I don't know where this notion of women are sexual beings or women are the properties of men. I feel like that conversation needs to happen where we're going to be talking to young men about women and how they should respect and honor them and show them the love, but show them love in a respectful way. Like, it's how we talk to them. It's how we try to coerce a woman. Because I feel like growing up, Men, men, it's always a cat call. It's always the whistle. Mm-hmm. Now, how about we start changing how we talk about women? How about we stop? Okay, if you if you're if you like a girl or you like a woman, you don't need to touch her on the butt. You don't need to touch her any part of her body. Um, we need to start teaching young men that also if a woman wears a short skirt or a short um, shorts, that is none of your business. That is her right and her property, her being, and she has all right to do that. And it doesn't mean that because she dresses a certain way that she's inviting you to do anything that's just who she is and what she wants to do and i feel like the next part is also not penalizing people so we have to start penalizing people from high school so if a guy now in high school if he decides if a girl reports him and said he was he touched me or he did certain things so now we're gonna have to start expelling people we're gonna have to really penalize young men so that they know that you know what certain behaviors are just wrong clean and Mm -hmm. simple this guy should never had 70 different cases after the first one he should have been locked away he should have been registered and this is why i also have an issue with jamaica when it comes down to the id system where everybody's complaining oh it's an invasion of privacy no everyone should be recorded mid i people will always disagree with me but i feel like there the system needs to be in place where i know your fingerprints i know where you were born i know your address listen i pulled up we have reports at the bank where i can pull up if you open an account with me we can pull up where you used to live at 1999, where you used to live at 2016, where you used to live at 20, 2008. Like, really? There, yes, there is. And nobody here has an issue with that. I mean, some people don't know, but I'm like, there has to be a system in place where this man is trapped. Like, he cannot, there's no way he can own a car um, and, not that, and that car not be registered. So there has to be a system in place where people are being penalized for their behaviors. Because if we're not penalizing people um, for small cases or for cases of rape or bigger cases like these, what's going to happen is that young men are going to always think you can get away with it because mm-hmm. the system is going to back you up and back you up well. 
if he knows that he's going to go to prison for the rest of his life, or he's going to be executed, or his shit's going to be cut off, then he'll start maybe acting differently. This is going to go on from generation to generation, and it's never going to end. Honestly, leave leave people alone. Keep your hands to yourself. They teach you that in kindergarten. Keep your hands to yourself. Do not, do not, do not. Like I'm all I'm always going to stand and defend women and children all day, every day. Three sixty five. 150 years because that's how long i'm going to be living on this earth i'm mm, mm, yes i I can't okay all right well i yeah i i I, next week we'll have we'll wrap it up up. last last week was heaven this week is ever nobody have it off yeah yes we'll go back to like yeah you know later i'm always down to the hip to the love for the the like and fun topic I'm always down for balance. Jody loves the heavy. Heavy, heavy. Heavy, heavy. She got so heavy on me. Oh my gosh, I love that movie. Okay, everyone, thank you for listening. Um, We, to Andrea's family, our God be with you. To Ashanti's, Ashanti's family, God be with you. To Shannon's family, Rachel, Reshma, and to all the other victims victims of um, femicide. Over the last, uh, my God, centuries, centuries, years. This is frustrating. We're or or priors, um, and our thoughts are with you. And we're we're praying that this never, we're praying that this ends and it stops. And I'm praying for common sense with society, the police, and people in government, and empathy. Because honestly, common sense (laughs) is not common. Your comments is not commenting to everybody, and that's the problem. Yeah. All right. Well, everyone, thank you for listening to another episode of Mango Tea Podcast. We don't hope you enjoyed. Here and we, hope, we hope you learned um, from this. Uh, if you want to learn more, the Google is your friend. Um, and if you want to ask us any questions, let us know. Okay. See you next week. Happy Bye, everyone. And happy, happy Independence Day, Grenada. I can't wait to come see you. Bye. Bye.